Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. Jazakum al khair, everyone, for joining us for our 12th class of Know Thy Enemy. Uh, this is a series where we're coming together to learn and, and study uh, about how to protect ourselves from the different ways that shaitan uh, tries to throw us off the track. And, um, you know, in the recent classes, we've been talking a lot about how shaitan tries to spoil the actions that we do. Uh, we talked about procrastination. Uh, we talked about this feeling that, oh, I don't even need to do the action. Oh, I'll, I'll do it some other time. Or, oh, I got enough good deeds, I'm good to go. And one thing that we talked about was like, basically, the key is to have the right knowledge. Like, if you equip yourself with the right understanding, then you're able to fight back in this war against shaitan. And, and the war is won by winning small battles, Right, So the battle for Fajr this morning, the battle to not backbite, the battle to not gossip, each one of those is a battle, and we're battling for our, our, our souls. And if we win enough of those battles, we win the war. But the key that we have to understand, um, just real quick, can y'all in the back just all slide up a bit, uh, inshallah. So we don't have to keep saying it, inshallah, just you guys just come all the way up, inshallah. Barakallah fikum. Yo, you're good, you're good, you're good. Yo, you was mad comfy right there, yo. You were, you, I didn't even look at him because he was mad comfortable, yo. You're good. You're good. Mashallah. Yo, you earned it. You came early, yo. You earned it, yo. I mean, all right. Bismillah. So I was saying that the key to, the key to each of these battles was knowledge, right? It was, it was equipping yourself with the correct understanding. Let's give an example. For procrastination, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about procrastination as a major way shaitan tries to stop you from actions. What was the key knowledge that you have to have? Like when shaitan is like, do this later, what's the key bit of knowledge that just spoils that whole plot of his? What's the knowledge? Like tomorrow's not promised. That little bit of knowledge, that statement right there um, was the key to solving and, and, and spoiling that tactic that was used. Um, we had another class where we talked about like, uh, you know, this feeling that shaitan will tell you, like, oh, you don't need the action. You don't need to do this. And there was a bit of knowledge that if you had that knowledge, that understanding, you would be protected. Do you know what that is? Do you remember? 
It was, I don't know which deed will get me to Jannah. Like, I don't know which one of these deeds will be the one that that's it. I'm forgiven for that one good deed. And sometimes it's the one you least expected, right? And so that knowledge, that, that's the key. And that is why the Prophet Sallallahu he said, فَقِيهٌ وَاحِدْ مِنْ The Prophet Sallallahu he said, one person who has understanding, they have deep understanding, is more deadly uh, or more, more harmful against shaitan than a thousand worshippers because of the knowledge that they have. So up till now, guys, we've been talking about knowledge that will protect your actions. And last week or two weeks ago, um, I talked about, um, we had to talk about how certain tactics of the shaitan attack your belief. Attack your belief, not actions. Attack your faith. Attack your iman. And tonight, that's what I, I want to talk about. Um, so here's the deal. If we don't have the correct lens, if we don't have the correct uh, uh, lens that we're looking at life through, then shaitan allows hardship to create a hatred for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to slow down and I want everyone to feel me on this. So the biggest satanic trait, the biggest satanic trait, Satan, Iblis did not not believe in God. He knows God exists. He worshiped him. He even asked dua like, oh, give me more time. Hear me out on this. The biggest satanic quality is, a, is, is mesotheism. It's a hatred for God. He's angry with God. He's angry with the fact that somebody was given a position, and because of that position, a reality in his heart came out in front of everyone. So what you have to come to terms with is the biggest quality of Satan is, is hatred for God. And what he wants is for me and you to not just disbelieve, but he knows he can lead us to what he led to by making us also develop a hatred for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, so tonight what I want you to realize and what we're going to talk about is that he will make the struggles in your life. There are people in this room right now that low key with no like, I don't know how to say it in the best way possible, but we're, we're upset, we're angry. We're upset, we're angry for whatever reasons. We're upset because of, of a divorce. We're upset because of a job. We're upset because we lost someone special that we felt they should have stayed with us longer. We're upset for so many reasons. And until we don't develop the correct, we, until we don't put the proper glasses on to look at those difficulties, those things simmer. They simmer. They simmer. They simmer. And before you know it, one last straw hits the thing. And before you know it, all that anger against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes out. And so what I want to talk about today is how all of us that are dealing with struggles, those, those small inconveniences the, 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 on the micro level and the macro level, the calamities that hit us on the micro level are the life ones. I didn't marry the person I thought I should. My cousin got him, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. The job I thought I was supposed to get, I didn't get the promotion. Becky got that joint. A number of reasons that didn't go the way you thought they would go and slowly deep inside that that up uh, that feeling of angst or upsetness just festers and it sits there and it sits there and it sits there and it sits there 
Don't let, like, God forbid, don't let a divorce happen. Now my anger to God is going to go through the roof because I wasted years of my life on this person. What I'm trying to get us all to understand and come to terms with before we go deeper here is that there are difficulties that we all go through. And what Shaitan will want you to do is what he did. That difficulty became the reason and the main way or the, the main reason why he separated and lost love of God. So he wants to make you not love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and make the struggles that we go through and the calamities that we face. Make those seem like God's anger. And the, when the Prophet ﷺ passed away, the Prophet ﷺ's death was very difficult. The Prophet ﷺ's death was very difficult. Over the last 10 days of his life, he was going through fever. His body was weak. He was going through a lot of difficulty. And in fact, in the last 10 days, he didn't even speak a lot. He didn't give a lot of lectures. But there is one narration narrated by Jabir bin Abdullah that truly, truly tells us the key to us protecting ourselves from shaitan. Remember, he was going through difficulty. It was hard. It was, it was very hard. There's one narration here that I came across that uh, Abu Sa'id Khudri, he's like, I came to visit the Prophet Sallallahu while he was in his, he didn't know it, but he had a fever and this would lead to his passing. He goes, and I went over him and I placed my hand on him. And he was so hot from this fever. And I said to him, I was like, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Oh, how hot your fever is, Ya Rasulullah. And he said, and here's where I'm going to give my tone to it. He's like, that's how we roll. That's how we are. What, what is he talking about? He's like, for us, the afflictions are harder. He's talking about the prophets. He's like, we go through it, y'all. We got calamities. We go through hardship. But he goes, but, but don't worry. Our reward is double too. Now, the Prophet Sallallahu is in these last stages and he doesn't speak a lot. But when he does speak, he says some very heavy words. Jabir bin Abdullah, he says that the Prophet Sallallahu three days before he passed away, he's in extreme pain, extreme fever. It's so hard. And I want you to focus on the fevers in your life, the difficulties in your life, things that you could be upset about and question why. Why is it like this? He says that the Prophet Sallallahu looked at me and he said, In this moment of difficulty, he looks at Jab and he says, don't let anybody leave the world. Tell all the believers, don't let anybody leave the world except they have in their mind the best opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, what does it mean to have a good opinion of Allah? What it means is that you know that he loves you. You know that Allah cares for you. You know that Allah is wise. You know that Allah is aware of what you're going through. Like, don't let any... The thing that's so deep about this is he's in the middle of such a painful leaving the world. But at that moment, he's like, don't get it twisted. I know my Lord loves me. 
This calamity hasn't made me like a shaitan that's angry with God. I served you for 23 years giving this message, saying, going through the valleys of Mecca, and I'm still going to go through hardship at death? Uh-uh. In this moment of leaving the world, the Prophet Sallallahu he's like, nah, I know my Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves me. I know how caring he is. I know how much he loves me. So here's the deal. Here's the satanic, here's the satanic narrative for the calamities. Before I go forward, I was already planning on talking about this. And then two days ago, the earthquakes happened in Turkey and Syria. And we're seeing images of beautiful children, beautiful families. I mean, our, our families, our families. And we're seeing them go through so much difficulty, so much hardship. And, and, and it was hard, man. It was so hard to see that. And I realized, I called a friend. You gotta have people you could call. And, and, and this man was just coming back for Umrah, so he was on another plane, though. So I'm like, yo, it's crazy. He's like, what? They shuhada. They're martyrs, yo. They're, they're chilling. They got the greatest honor a believer can have. He's like, don't let shaitan. And I was like, know that enemy, class 12. Here we go. <laughs> He's like, don't let shaitan twist you up. Whenever calamities come on a micro or macro level, and that's what we're going to talk about. Today's class is about how shaitan twists calamities. He takes the micro calamities in your life and makes that a means of you questioning Allah, hating Allah, getting upset with Allah or the macro calamities that are on a bigger scale and makes you question a lot through those. That's what we need to talk about today so that when we look at these calamities, we see how they bring us closer to Allah and how Allah and the Rasul want us to see these things. Here's the satanic narrative. You ready? Number one, calamity happens in your life. Here's the simplest satanic narrative. There's no reason for it. It just happened. The stars were in retrograde. No reason. There's no reason. There's no hikmah. There's no wiseness. There's no reason. It's just like that. Second way, shaitan twist it. Y'all ready? Hardship means Allah hates you. Hardship means Allah is upset with you. Because he's taking your, your, your stuff away. He's taking all your clout away, your, your popularity away, your money away, your job away, your da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Allah is upset with you. Second narrative, and this is the one that really hits us. This is the one that really hits us. The source of this, I think there's a problem. Prosperity gospel ain't our thing, y'all. Let me say that again. Prosperity gospel is not our thing. That the more ease you have, the more luxury you have, the more doors open up, promotions happen. The more of that that happens, that means you're, you're, Allah loves you. Uh-uh, you, 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 you took the wrong pill, yo. Because we are on the complete inverse of that matrix, yo. We are on the complete other side of that. The truth is, Jannah is filled with people that will get there 50,000 years before you because they struggled in life. The truth is, 
that Jannah will be filled with people. You're going to get there. You're like, how y'all get here so early? Because we struggled in the dunya. We ain't have it. We wasn't first class citizens. It was difficult. It was hard. So here's a hadith that you maybe never heard. Yo, close that door. Close the door. Y'all come in, but close the door. The kids is playing in it. I'm sorry. I love kids, but you, you know what I mean? You just slide up in and then close the door. One of y'all just stand up and close the door. There's mad room inside. Inshallah. Appreciate you, man. Mashallah. Appreciate you. There's a hadith I want to share. This is a paradigm-shifting hadith. Because all of us need to understand that calamities hitting Muslims globally, calamities in your life, this is quite the contrary a sign of Allah being upset with us. Quite the contrary. The Prophet said in a beautiful hadith, just remember this hadith as the wing of the mosquito hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, If, hypothetically speaking, if this dunya valued in the sight of God the wing of a mosquito, then Allah would not give Allah would not give the disbeliever, the ungrateful person, even a sip of water. I want you to really think about that hadith. Prophet says, if, hypothetical, if this dunya was equaled the weight of a, or the, the worth of a mosquito's wing, the Prophet is using hyperbole here to show how, how little care Allah has for this dunya. See, here's the deal. The dunya is given to those he loves and doesn't love. But the akhirah is only given to those he loves. Those people we see passing away, not only are they passing away with faith, they're passing away in the best of states. Do you know the prophet said that a shaheed, the only thing they wish is that they could come, come back and tell you how good it is over there? The only thing they want is I wish I could tell y'all how lit it is over here. It's hard to see, but you must switch and change your, 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 your lens. Shaitan is telling you something different. And the prophet is saying, no, hold up. So what does this hadith say? If, hypothetical, meaning it doesn't, if this world, the cars, the, 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 the wealth, the houses, you name it, the clout, the influence, if all of that stuff equaled the weight of a mosquito in the sight of God, the prophet said he wouldn't give those who are ungrateful or didn't believe in him even a drink of water. But does he give them drinks of water? Gives them a lot more than that. So what is that telling you? What is that teaching you? The prophet is telling you that my love for you, a sign of my love for you is not that I open the doors of this dunya. I give that to everybody because this is short. This doesn't matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's look at some verses of the Quran. Quran speaking to you. So you have the right glasses on when you start your day. Surely we will test you. Surely we will test you with fear, with hunger, with a loss of wealth and the fruits of your actions being lost. Glad tidings to the people who are patient. Glad tidings. The prophet then said, the believer is like, one of my favorite hadith, the believer is like a blade of grass 
which the wind keeps blowing. So like you got this blade of grass, right? And the wind blows. When the wind blows very hard, the wind is like the calamities, the hardship. When the wind blows, the grass just goes with it. It just bends with the wind. Calamity happens, difficulty happens, you lose the loved one. Are you, are you supposed to be stoic that it doesn't hurt? Are we supposed to look at these images on social media and have a hard heart? No, they hurt. A cry. I was sitting in the car just weeping, thinking about just one image hit me crazy. Is it not supposed to hurt? No, it's supposed to hurt. We are humans. The prophet cried. That's okay. But we have the right perspective. We have the right outlook. The prophet said, the believer is like the blade of grass. The wind continues to blow and the blade of grass just bends with it. It just goes with it. Hardships, they keep coming, they come, they come, they come. Look, look, look at this. The hardships are there to soften you, yo. I, I'm going to share something with y'all. Okay. So this one's going to be weird to y'all. I already know, but whatever. It's all good. Judge me all you want. So I'm going to share with you something from Jalal Adin Rumi. Some of y'all are like, oh, I'm out. This dude quoting Rumi. Some of y'all are like, oh, my God. Like, let me tweet it. Listen, this is a beautiful. Jalal Adin Rumi is an amazing person, regardless of how people use his stuff later. He's written amazing poetry and examples for us to understand something. I read something he wrote that I want to share with you. I'm going to read it to you verbatim so that we can understand what calamities are for us, what they mean for us. These beloved souls that have moved on, over 10,000 beautiful uh, Syrian Muslims and, and Turkish Muslims that are our brothers. Like, what's going on there? How do we understand that? Listen to this story. It's a story, but the lesson is profound. Sheikh Jalal al-Din Rumi, he says, a woman was standing over a fire, having poured a handful of dry, hardened chickpeas into the water. As the water warmed up to the point of boiling, her mind began to wander. Then she heard a voice say, I'm burning. Startled out of her daydream, she looked to the right, she looked to the left. She didn't see anyone, and she drifted back into her daydream. Again, she heard a voice, I am burning. This time, she looked a bit more closely and saw that the sound was coming from inside the pot of boiling water. A chickpea within the boiling water, to be more precise. The little chickpea twirling around in the boiling water, the calamities we go through, began talking to the woman, I am burning. Get me out of here. The woman glanced at the chickpea with compassion, went up, uh, up it went, down it went with the boiling water. The chickpea pleaded with the woman again, get me out of here. She reached over, she grabbed the ladle, she reached it into the water and pushed the chickpea back down into the boiling water. The chickpea swam around the ladle and rose to the surface again. Did you not hear me? It's boiling in here. Get me out. The woman looked lovingly at the chickpea and said, 
my darling chickpea, I push you back in because you're not done cooking yet. You're still too hard. You need to be cooked before you can be worthy of being taken inside. You need to be softened in this world before you're able to walk through that. If you didn't get it, you got to just think about it again. That boiling water, job loss, drama, spouse issue, divorce, that boiling water, you keep screaming to Allah, take me out, take me out, take me out. And Allah's like, chill, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Take me out, take me out. Chill, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. You're too hard. You gotta, I, we were all looking at these images and we broke. Who didn't break looking at the image? Who didn't cry and just break? That breaking is that softening, yo. Chipping away at that harshness around us. So many of us, this is what he says further. He goes, all of us are like this. Hardened hearts. In the process of becoming soft, getting cooked by the dunya. The cooking fire is love. It, it, he goes deeper into this. Then, you know, Rumi got to connect to love, y'all. You know that. Another scholar gave the example of a piece of iron that the blacksmith takes and puts into the, to the fire. And the iron says to the blacksmith, take me out, it's too hot. And he says, just wait. And then he takes the hammer and he pounds the iron. Why are you hitting me? Why are you putting me through so much difficulty? He says, just wait. And you know how the story comes. He comes out an amazing sword. You've reached who you are supposed to be. The, the reason I share this story of the chickpea is to realize that this process of Allah getting us to where he wants us to be. Can I share with you one of the most beautiful hadith that will comfort your heart? The Prophet Sallallahu said, and the hadith is in Sunan Abi Dawood. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, Ummati hadihi marhuma." My ummah is forgiven. Laysa alayha adabun fil akhirah. My ummah does not have any punishment in the akhirah. Adabaha fil dunya. Its punishment will only be in the dunya. Al fitan. Do you know what fitan is? What is fitna? Trials, right? Do you know in Arabic you say fatantil ud al-nar when you put a piece of iron into the fire? and you purify gold, that's called fatenta. You put it in the fire to purify it. Some people are, go through that fire, and they become harder against God, angry, shaitan. But some people become filled with love, and they realize what's happening. The Prophet ﷺ said, the punishment, I'm not done with this hadith, hear the hadith. What did he say? My ummah is forgiven. No punishment for it in the akhirah. Indeed, the punishment for my ummah is in this dunya. Through fitna, zalazil and earthquakes, qatl and death. What more do we need? The Prophet is literally saying, my ummah goes through a little bit of difficulty. You know what I was thinking about? I didn't write this down, but it just hit me. Like, there's this hadith where the, where, where the Prophet teaches us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... So there's this beautiful hadith, yo, where the prophet teaches us. He says that when Allah created 
Jannah. He told Gabriel to go and look at it. I know you heard this hadith before, maybe, but you haven't looked at it from this perspective. He told Gabriel to go and look at Jannah. And Gabriel flew and went through Jannah, and he came back to Allah. Allah said, what did you find? How was it? He said, anybody who hears about this, there's no way they're not going. Just to know what's in paradise, there's no way they're not going. And then Allah sent Gabriel back. But this time, Jannah was surrounded by difficulties. Prayer, zakat, controlling your anger, lowering your gaze. I mean, you name it, all the hard stuff. This ain't easy. We do hard things. It's not easy. We know this is a struggle. Alhamdulillah. Doing easy stuff got me messed up before Islam. I'll just tell you that. So then Jannah was surrounded by hardships. What hardships? Loss of loved ones, children at a young age, loss of family members suddenly. And then now Allah told Gabriel, go back and check it out. He went through, he came back, he said, I'm afraid nobody's going to get it. Then, hold up, Allah told Gabriel, go see hellfire. He goes, what did you see? He says, anyone who hears about this, there's no way they'll go there. When they learn of what's there, there's no way. And then he surrounded it with the easy stuff, y'all. The easy life. And then Gabriel went back and he said, I'm afraid that no, no one's going to miss it. It's going to catch everybody. What I realized is that that chickpea, you, yo, this dunya for us as a believer, we got struggles, y'all. It's hard. There's a, and, but, but here's the deal. The believer realizes that Allah puts me through that because he loves me. That is the key for tonight's halakha. For shaitan, the difficulty was a sign of God's hatred. For me and you, you must shift your perspective. The perspective is Allah is only putting me through this so that I can reach my best state. I am that Excalibur sword that is coming from pure iron. I am that chickpea that wants to enter the body, body of a righteous soul. I cannot be used in this raw state. Allah is taking me to reach my best state. It's going to be hard, but we got to realize it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love for us. That hadith gave me so much peace. Indeed, my ummah is forgiven. No punishment in the akhirah. Indeed, my ummah's punishment is what? Hardships, earthquakes. He says, the prophet says it. And difficulties. The highest rank in the hereafter is the shaheed, y'all. They the lucky ones, yo. I know you think you lucky because you just got the raise. I know you think you're lucky because you just got engaged. I know you think you're lucky, but right now, the Quran says they are so happy with what Allah has given them. A man came to the Prophet I'm not letting up on this today. A man came to the Prophet and he said, I love you. The Prophet he said, Watch what you say. Oh, I'm not going back to him. <laughs> That's us, yo, for real. Like, subhanAllah, he said, I love you. 
And we would be like, oh, thank you. Wow. No. The Prophet said, Unzur madha taqul. He said, I love you. Because, because if you say you love me, we about to check that. No, you feel me, right? You tell me you love me. I'm like, okay. Okay. Let's see. You go to the car. Wife, wifey's like, he ain't even opened the door. <laughs> you love me? Okay. She'll leave food on the plate that she didn't touch. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Dullah? Leave food there. Like, let's see if he eats it or not. Haytham, you get that one yet? All right. My man just got married, so I'm trying to give him, like, some tips. He's going to test that love. So someone came to the prophet, so I said to him, he says, I love you. The prophet didn't say, oh, I love you too. He goes, watch what you say. Now hear me out. This next part, you got to understand it in the context of struggle. You got to understand it in the context of calamities that come. You got to understand it from the context that Allah loves his righteous servants. You got to understand it. Before I read another word, you got to understand it that this dunya isn't the end. You got to understand it from that perspective. Watch what the Prophet says next. The Prophet Sallallahu he says, the man then says, I swear I love you. I swear I love you. I swear I love you. Whew. Three times. The Prophet Sallallahu he then says, in kunta tuhibbuni lil faqr. He's like, if you love me, get ready for poverty. Now, a lot, if, if before today, if I shared that with you, be like, oh my God, I'm trying to become a better Muslim. You're going to tell me I'm going to be poor now. <laughs> but do you get the context? Look, look, check this. Uthman bin Affan has a lot of money. But he loves the Prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The moment comes that Uthman has to give charity. Abu Bakr has to give charity. Abu Bakr comes, gives all of his wealth. When, when, when the moment came to give, in that moment, now the love was, do you love the wealth more or do you love me more? So when the moment came, Uthman drops everything. Abu Bakr, radiallahu an, what did you leave at home? Nothing. He mentally prepared him that if you love me, yeah, there's going to be good times. Guys, come on. But we got enough good times. I don't have to talk about good times. Y'all all chilling. <laughs> Whole room is chilling. So let's talk about difficulties just for today. As the rest of our ummah goes through real difficulties. <laughs> the prophet, I said him, tells them, you love me, be ready for poverty. What does that mean? I'm going to live my life poor? Maybe, maybe not. But a moment might come where you have to part with that wealth. The moment came. Battle of Tabuk. We need money. It's important. What are we going to do? Uthman's like, I've been waiting for this. I'm I've been waiting for the poverty to hit. <laughs> like, I signed up for this. He drops everything. Abu Bakr comes that day. He needs help. The prophet needs help. Bring what you can. Abu Bakr's like, yup, this is what I signed up for. Let's go. Did they get wealth back? Yup, they got wealth back. Uthman bin Affan, they say he pick up a rock, he could find money under it. He was blessed with business. But he, was, he prepared himself for the struggle that came with being a lover of the beloved. Because Allah wants us to learn, this ain't it, y'all. Do, that, that, do you get what I mean by that? This ain't it? Now, I know a lot of y'all at an age where the whole dunya is ahead of you. you like, man, I ain't trying to hear this. 
I'm getting engaged. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. Cool. Do you. But realize this dunya wasn't made to satiate you. He'll give you blessings, no doubt. But, but here's the crazy part. So check this. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, prepare yourself for poverty if you love me. What that means is Allah will put you through tests so that you leave this world pure and ready for Jannah. He'll put you through the fire here. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. He put you through the fire here so you're good. I want to stop here. I can see the faces. Y'all getting worried. You're either in between one of two states, yo. You're either in a test right now. Somebody in this room, some of us in this room are in a test right now. I'm speaking to you right now and you're like, amen, hallelujah. Life is hard. Some of us in this room like, I'm chilling, yo, alhamdulillah. Check it. Regardless of whatever state you're in, whatever state you're in. Man, I'm speaking to you right now. And before I came, I, I read a letter. I read a letter, I'll just say the first name, from a woman, her name is Margaret. And she's in prison right now. And she says, I listen to, the, to every halakha. I'm with, she's with us, y'all. And she says, right now I realize that this prison was the best thing for me. It was the greatest blessing I could have. The hardship, the difficulty that we would see, we can't even fathom what it would be like. She said, it's the greatest blessing that I have. And she said something that hit me. She said, I realized that for me, that prison will be what it was for Malcolm X. It will be college for me. It's where I'll learn and I'll grow and reach my full potential. The reason, the reason I, I'm, I'm sharing this is that you're either in one of two states. You're chilling right now, mashallah. What, what does Allah want from you? Extreme gratitude, yo. Do you know how we cry from difficulties? Be real. Brothers, yo, you ever had a real difficulty and just break you, man? When nobody's around, you just weep? But have you had a moment when you wept out of gratitude? Like you realize what you have. And you're just like, yo, Allah, thank you. We can reach that purification through blessings too. Sometimes it's hard though. Those tears only come out when everything's taken away. But that's not the only way to Allah. If you're surrounded by blessings right now, tonight just raise your hands to Allah and cry out of gratitude. Just cry out of gratitude. So the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith, he says what? He says, prepare for, uh, prepare for difficulties. Um, now, I want to share one more thing. Um, difficulties have blessings in them. And I want to talk about a few of the blessings that are, lie in every difficulty. We're almost done, I promise. I want, you, I want you to know every blessing, every difficulty has within it wrapped a blessing. The first one, number one. You witness the power of Allah. Everything I'm saying right now, I need you to really just connect it to what we're going through with, with our brothers and sisters in Turkey. The first blessing in a calamity is that you witness the power of God. Do you understand? Listen, 
Let me make it practical. Every prayer, what do we do? Allahu Akbar. How many of us struggle to truly feel presence in prayer? What does Allahu Akbar mean? It's about the greatness of God, how powerful God is. This thing that we witness, this calamity we witness, does it not tell you and remind you how powerful Allah is? So, so look, if you walk away from this blessing realizing the power of Allah, do you realize how great of a blessing that is? That is, that is a, a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, you ready? A lot of us, with, when there's no difficulties, our head gets full. Our head gets big. The scholars, they say the second benefit the second blessing in every calamity is you realize how weak you are. Now, you may be like, wait, but why do I need that? Yes, so you don't become Pharaoh saying, Ana I am the greatest Lord there is. That calamity just humbled you. That flat tire made you realize you don't run the show. That, that, that lack of job you got, that rejected proposal, that made you realize humbled yourself for a minute there. It brought you down. And that, that humility is the essence of ubudiyah. Look, yo, you don't get it. Yo, yo, okay, hold up. Yo, hate them. I'm going to talk to you, yo, you my man. We are struggling in all of our ibadah to truly recognize Allah. That's what we're trying to do in every prayer. We want to truly recognize Allah. But what happens is when the life circumstances that are put in place that function as a mechanism to make us recognize Allah, we don't see Allah in it. So, so, so that earthquake, for our brothers and sisters, and I'm going to get to our part too there. For them, for those who have passed away, this is shahada. This is a great blessing. For us, there's another aspect of what we do, but one of the blessings of all these calamities is we realize how, 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 how weak we are. Asleep, 4 a.m. in the morning, yo. Come on. Does it not remind you? So the next time you do, when we pray Isha today and you do Sajda and you realize you're a servant, remember how weak you are in that moment. How? Shaykh, I need something to remind me. Allah is showing you many things to remind you. So number one, benefit, is you witness God's power. So next time you go, Allahu Akbar, I want you, when you say Allahu Akbar, I want you to remember those things that remind you of how powerful Allah is. Entire cities leveled, yo. Allah's greatness, Allahu Akbar. Then when you put your head down and you, and you prostrate and you're on the ground, you remember how weak you are. Oh Allah, I have no power. Number three benefit. Here's the third benefit of every calamity. Sincere dua. Man, y'all know how sincere your du'as get when things ain't working. Man, you be making wudu, turaka, you know what I mean? You just, yo, Allah, yo. That moment of sincerity is so beloved by Allah. I told you this before. Imam Ghazali, he says, if you get one moment in life of sincerity, you get Jannah. Now, you don't hear me. 60 years, 70 years, 20, 30 years. One moment of your life of sincerity, of worship for God, you got Jannah. That's how precious sincerity is. When calamities come, you make dua like no other. Sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here's where we kick in now. Listen. 
the scholars, they say one of the next blessings is that now those who are in peace and ease have the opportunity to help and do God's work, yo. To do God's work. That's what I'm going to call it, to do God's work. We're about to wrap it up, but hear me out on this. There's a verse in Surah Yasin. Uh, what's the verse? The people of Mecca, they were told, give charity, give charity. And the kuffar of Mecca, the disbelievers of Mecca, they would say, should we feed the ones who God could have fed if he wanted to? They're missing the point. The point is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're the khalifa. Allah wants to see what you're going to do in this moment. So the, th the fourth benefit is that we can come to the support and aid of those who are going through difficulties. You have a brother or sister going through a hardship. Yes, you remember Allah's greatness. You remember your weakness. You make dua. But the next thing, and this is crucial, and everyone in this room, I know Ustad said it on Monday, but everyone in this room, right as we end this, this halakha, if you haven't donated to any relief organization to support, what are you doing? You are the most privileged people on this planet right now. Except another point point zero 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 one percent So before you even get up from here, if you haven't, give something. Give something. So they say, subhanAllah, anas, there's two types of people. The people who are going through afia, peace and tranquility. All Allah wants for you is shukr. Deep shukr though. Deep gratitude. And the others are those who are going through hardship, musiba, difficulties. You know the word musiba, right? In, in Arabic, if you say asabt, asabt, it means you hit the mark. When you shoot an arrow and it hits the bullseye, you say asabt, you hit the mark. The word for calamity in Arabic is musiba because it's not, it's not, it's not random. That was meant for you. That's reaching you, making you reach your... your where you're supposed to be. I want us to walk out of here realizing everyone in this room who's going through a musibah, let that musibah be a means of you loving Allah more. That's the point tonight. Make that musibah a means for you loving Allah more. When you see these images of our brothers and sisters that are going through difficulty, those who have passed, you say, Shaheed, yo, they're farihina bima'atahum Allah. And remember this point. That the Prophet وسلم, he said these words. I want to add one more thing though. Hear me out on this last thing, yo. So there's a verse of the Quran where um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Shaytan promises you you're going to be faqir, you're going to be poor. And he tells you to do indecent things. But God promises you forgiveness and his bounty. Two things I want to talk about. Number one, the verse says, Shaitan promises you faqr. And then it goes, but Allah promises you, does it say wealth? No, we don't got prosperity gospel. Allah promises you forgiveness, yo. Allah promises you forgiveness. Allah promises you something greater. And then, wafadla, and his bounty, however that may come to you. And there's one last thing I want to highlight. Shaitan promises you poverty, but you may be thinking, wait, Shaykh, the Prophet also told us 
If you love me, get ready for poverty. Here's the deal. It's about the lens that you wear. It's, a, it's not about the poverty, yo. It's about how you look at it, how you understand it. The prophet is telling you, yeah, difficulty is going to come. But if you're following me, you understand that's God's love making you reach your highest point. Shaitan tells you, yeah, you're going to be poor. And that's a side that God doesn't love you. You're a failure in life. Da, 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 da. The point is not the poverty. The point is the lens by which you look at the difficulties you're going through in life. May Allah make us amongst those people who see every difficulty as a sign of God's love for us. That is what I want us from, from us today. May Allah make it easy for our brothers and sisters in, 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 in Syria, in Palestine, and in Turkey. May Allah make it easy for them and give them peace. Here's the deal. We understand that these struggles raise our rank. But does that mean you go outside and make dua? You hyped after today's halakha. You like, Sheikh dropped it today. So after Isha, you like, Ya Allah, give me hardships. Uh-uh, you better chill out. <laughs> no way. I ain't tell you to do that. And I'll tell you a hadith too. A man, saw, the Prophet them saw a man. And six months later, he saw him again. And this man was like, it, he, it looked like he was dying. And the Prophet them said, what's wrong with you? He said, I don't know. And then the Prophet goes, did you make some type of dua? He goes, yeah, yeah. I made dua, oh Allah, punish me in the world for my sins. The Prophet's like, no, do not do that. Ask Allah to forgive you and ask him for peace and tranquility. So there's a balance I'm going to end tonight's lecture with. The balance is when it comes, I face it. And I realize that this is from Allah to help me reach my best state. When it comes. But I'm not hoping it comes, yo. I'm begging Allah, give me ease, y'all. Allah, give me ease. Give me ease. And the last thing I'll leave you with is that our beloved Prophet, Sallallahu walked into the city of Ta'if and they chased him out of the city. They put up two rows of people and they stoned him as he walked out, him and his son, Zayd bin Muhammad, Zayd bin Haritha. They stoned him out of the city. Imagine what you could feel about God at that moment. Imagine the hatred and anger you could have towards Allah. He walks out of the city and he says, Ya Allah, I complain about my weakness. And here's the deal. He says, He goes, Ya Allah, I'm covered in blood. But if you're not angry, I don't even care. Allahu <laughs> Akbar. I don't even care. But then he says these words. However, your peace and tranquility is what I would rather have. <laughs> Do you see the beautiful balance? Difficulties are not a sign of God's hatred for us. Quite the contrary. Gospel, the prosperity gospel ain't what our prophet taught. Our prophet taught you love me, get ready. It's going to get real. And if you're going through difficulties, say alhamdulillah. If you're going through ease, say alhamdulillah. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are grateful in the times of ease. May Allah make us amongst those who see the blessings in every difficulty. May Allah protect us from ever being angry with him due to a difficulty we're going through. May Allah make us realize that the heat of our calamities is softening us so that we can enter into Jannah.